So let's go to the first marriage. Okay. How we, was it? Wow. Met him in the club. <laughs> <laughs> Preacher in the club. And long story short, we ended up dating not too very long after, actually a, a month, uh, we ended up married. You know how they say God gives gifts without repentance? Yeah. He had that talk game. And he was like, why not? Why not do it? You always thinking you were overthinker. Like, he was really in my head. And I, I went and did it. I did have that Sierra prayer for a husband. Yeah. And now I know, you know, the, the imposter comes before the real yeah. thing. <laughs> that was the imposter. And so a month we was married. A month after that, everything fell apart. He was abusive. I had lost my job. I lost my car. I lost my place. I told his mom first, like, hey, just want to come to you. And I'm like, you know, he's been putting his hands on me and things like that. And she was like, well, what are you doing to make him mad? Are you praying about it? And I couldn't tell my mom because my mom got four brothers in. I knew, oh, they would have been ready. You know what I'm saying? They were. And my grandma was at my mom's house, just came over randomly and was like, hey, I had a dream that he was hitting Dia. And so they asked me and I was like, no, no, no. I went home. Um, my brother basically was there waiting. He came in. Hey, I just want to talk to. Let's just be. Let's just be transparent Ooh. today. Yeah, we did. We did. Why not? <laughs> what up, y'all? I'm Rajay, and this is another episode of the RXS podcast. And we got my girl Dia in the building. What's goody? Yes. What's up? <laughs> how are you? I'm alive. I'm good. Yes. Yeah. It's been how many years since I seen you? Oof. Mm. a lot yeah about what <laughs> not eight years yeah that's oh crazy. my gosh about nine yeah, yeah about nine yeah. years yeah what have, what have you been up to since i last seen you well a lot okay you know last time you seen me i was like probably first lady elect <laughs> <laughs> that is very true <laughs> Oh no, how deep we get on this podcast? Let's go. But Let's yeah, go. Last Let's time go. you see me, I was in a totally different space, um, married to a different person. But um God is good. I'm no longer in that situation. Yes. You know, remarried, you know, four kids now and you know, got the house, got the family, started yeah. a couple of businesses and you know, okay. I, I, I've been blessed. Let's yeah. go. So let's go back to the first marriage. Okay. Um Whew. how was it? Wow. Um it was it was definitely a lot okay. like you know just in in every aspect spiritually mentally emotionally financially physically um I went through a lot. I was like, I was 21 at the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, thought I had it going on, you yeah. know, slim and everything, you yeah. know, I had a, my own place and stuff. And I had met him, um, didn't know he was a minister when I met him. That's not how I met him. I met him in the club. <laughs> <laughs> Preacher in the club. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was my birthday. I was inviting, you know, all the guys out. And he just happened to be a guy that was on Instagram. Hit me up like, oh, our birthday is, you know, a day apart. I was like, hey, come out. I had invited a couple other guys. But he was the one that showed up that yeah. day. And long story short, we ended up dating not too very long after actually a, a month. Uh, we ended up married. Yeah. Whose decision was that? Um, It was his. It was his. And it was one of those things where... You know how they say God gives gifts without repentance? Yeah. He had that talk game, you know, and I was I was a teenage mom. So he kind of got in my head like, I know you might be insecure or whatever because you, you know, already a mother and things like that. And, you know, but I see you and all this type of thing. So he kind of reeled me in. I wasn't in love, but he was just like, you know, do you think you could 
like learn to or fall in love with me at some point you know which yeah. i didn't like him and he was like why not why not do it you always thinking you were overthinker like he was really in my head he was like let's just do it i had never done nothing like that before and i, I went and did it oh <laughs> <laughs> his yeah. talk game was that good it was I, it was just a mix of a lot me being young and naive you know and then that's when he came out and told me like you know i was a minister and I, i'm sure god brought me to you and you know what i'm saying you're what i need and things like that and of course we black our you know what i'm saying our upbringing is in the church you yes. know what i'm saying so you start talking about god i love god wait a minute yes. you know what i'm saying so did god send this man to me i did have that sierra prayer for a husband yeah. and now i know you know the, the imposter comes before the real yeah. thing <laughs> that was the imposter and so a month we was married a month after that everything fell apart he was abusive i had lost my job i lost my car i lost my place um i lost everything friendships family relationships because of the marriage he had kind of um ostracized me from my family my friends uh, it was just it was so terrible and then when i started um trying to speak out speak out about it once he had left um the day he left actually i found out i was pregnant with my son and um, when I started speaking out about it, I told his mom first, like, hey, just want to come to you because we, we were close. And I'm like, you know, he's been putting his hands on me and things like that. And she was like, well, what are you doing to make him mad? You know, and are you praying about it? And I'm like, am I praying about it? And I couldn't tell my mom, you know, because my mom got four brothers and I knew. Oh, they would have been ready. You know what I'm saying? They were. And it's crazy because I didn't even tell them anything. I told my mom about one situation that he had pushed me up against, like a desk I had. My, my back was bruised. But I didn't tell her anything else. And my grandma was at my mom's house, just came over randomly and was like, hey, I had a dream that he was hitting Dia. And so they asked me, and I was like, no, no, no. My brother is in the kitchen, like washing dishes and at the time my apartment was in the same neighborhood as my mom's apartment my brother quietly stopped washing the dishes walked out of the house i didn't pay no attention to it i ended up going home i went home um my brother basically was there waiting he came in hey i just want to talk to brandon let's just be let's just be transparent Ooh. today um Ooh, i want to talk to brandon <laughs> yeah we, we name, name name. why not <laughs> and so um my brother confronted him tried to fight him that's how it started from that my mother confirmed with my grandmother that I that one situation I told her about. Um, I just started packing his stuff. I started packing his stuff because I knew my uncles were coming. So long story short, that whole day we was kind of going back and forth. Um, his mom had came and everything. He did decide to leave. Um, my uncles all came at different times throughout that night. They all came at they different times. They was all ready. Yep. <sighs> one of them came in a van full of guys. So did you get him out of there in time he was gone good yeah, he was good. gone okay yeah. i just want to yeah. make sure no he was gone boy <laughs> yeah i mean he deserved he dodged it, several bullets my uncles didn't deserve to you know what yeah, i'm saying be, yeah be, yeah be in trouble over him for sure yeah yeah, so. yeah that's that's how that marriage went Woo. Yeah. so what was the recovery like wow because you're um, oh, geez you got a baby in your stomach now yep i'm eight weeks pregnant um I was literally crying after he left. Um, he did try to come back briefly. So he did come back after that for about maybe a couple of days. Um, then he left. Um, that particular time, he, <clears throat> I remember coming home from work one day and he was just like, oh, you know, I kept threatening to leave. And he was like, well, if you want me to stay, you're going to have to fight me to prove to me that you love me. 
And so I'm just like, I'm not fighting you. So I remember like I had this long hallway and he just started smacking me in my face. And he was just like, no, like you're going to fight me. And I was like, I don't want to fight you. He kept hitting me and hit me until I hit him back. We fought, like we fought and fought and fought. And it got so bad. I was like, okay, I have to scare him to make him leave. Mm-hmm. I, I threw my microwave. <laughs> like, I picked up stuff. I was just throwing stuff. He finally just kind of left. And I remember going to the bathroom. I was crying, crying, crying. And I started running the tub. And, you know, just dramatic. I don't, in a black household, you know, you don't talk about mental health. You yeah. definitely don't talk about suicide because that's something you just do not do god don't you know yeah so but i've seen movies where you know the women go in front of the water they never come up okay cool so i'm running the water i'm crying i'm like i'm embarrassed you know people gonna find out that my marriage is a failure and so um while i was running the water literally just contemplating taking my life um i had turned around looked in the mirror and i was absolutely beautiful like i had this glow it was just abnormal and right then and there, I knew. I was like, I'm pregnant. I was like, I'm pregnant. I went to the store, got three tests. Sure enough, I was pregnant. So my son is my lily in the valley because he literally saved my life. Mm. Yeah. So the recovery started from there. Kay. Finding out I was pregnant gave me something to live for. Yes. Um, I move. I move in with my mom, who had a baby at the time. <laughs> my mama had like a. I think my sister was like one. Okay. At the time, <laughs> so I used to just watch her, you know, and um, that gave me some joy. Um, it was it was hard mentally because people were judging me. His mom was sending me texts and stuff like you couldn't keep your man, all this type of stuff. Like, and she's a woman of God, right? And I would reach out to her pastor, like, this is what I'm dealing with. You know, can you? at least say something to her you know I was high risk at the time they put me in therapy of course because of what I was going through I was um depressed and so slowly but surely I just started kind of putting my life back together yeah I found another job uh got another car um and then going through that divorce process took me about two years okay um I think I was a little in denial about filing, I knew he just wasn't the one, but it did take me two years. And uh, during that second year is when I met my current husband um, at karaoke. My friend was Let's like, go. get out of the house, go to karaoke. So I go, and this guy was there doing Bruno Mars. And okay. he was just like the life of the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just kept coming back to see him. Then I brought my mama. Then I brought my grandmother. Wow. And so... Um, I ended up running to him, into him, and actually having a one-on-one conversation because I never did. He was almost kind of like a little celebrity to me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it just kind of went from there. We became friends. He checked on me every single day, made sure I, me and the kids was good, and then we ended up falling in love. I got my divorce finalized and everything, yeah. and then, you know, went up from there. So did you tell him about the situation? Yeah, yeah. What was his response to it? Um, Initially, he was... He, he just had such an emotional response to it, like just getting to know me because he was getting to know me. And I'm sure he was thinking like, wow, she's just such an amazing person. But just thinking about what I was just going through a year prior, I think was kind of amazing to him. Like the fact that I had, you know, that much resiliency to just keep going and I was taking care of my kids. And, you know, at the time I was working in for social services, so I had a decent job, mm-hmm. you know, still live with my parents, but still just kind of had this fight, you know, and I think. You know, a part of him was 
angry at first you know he would say things like have i ever seen him in person you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh but it was just like this beautiful thing that we formed because i think that he had a lot of respect for me and i had a lot of appreciation for him yeah um, just being my friend in a time of need yeah so then how long was it before y'all decided to be married so uh we started dating um my mother was moving and she basically looked at me and was like, yeah, you and your kids can't go. Okay. Like, we don't have enough space for you. Yeah. I got a hotel room that night. And at the time, he was getting ready to go overseas to do contract work, military contract work. Okay. So we was just in this hotel room trying to figure out, like, what we're going to do because I was essentially homeless. Um, he didn't have enough money to put me anywhere. So um, I reached out to my, my biological father. Um, who did stay in town we di we didn't have like the closest closest relationship but i knew he wasn't gonna see me in the streets you yeah know? for sure so he took he took me and my kids and i stayed with my biological father it wasn't a very comfortable situation for me to be honest um what was the most uncomfortable part of it just um like moving into a household where there's no kids and i have two two small kids you know what i'm saying kind of yeah. like you know don't touch this don't break this yes so like as a parent you know you know what i'm yeah. saying so it was just like me and my kids in a room i didn't want them to break anything i didn't want them to so we were just stuck in this room and so my husband got well my then boyfriend um when he got his first check from the military he called me he said go find a place and i'm like what <laughs> you know what i'm saying what are you talking about this is just my boyfriend we had only been dating for it was less than a year. We found I found a place because he was in um, he was in Kuwait at the time. Okay. He's seven thousand miles away. Yeah, I found a place, and he sent me the money, paid a deposit, and me and my kids moved into a three bedroom home. And this man was paying my rent from seven thousand miles away. If you can't hold your mule, <laughs> don't give it to somebody that don't deserve it now. Nah. Please don't. You know he out here sleeping with everybody. Don't do it. And you gonna do it because it feel good. Why? Because he got a big thing thing or something. That ain't, that ain't. You know how many men folk around here? Never mind. I'm just. There's plenty of fishies in the sea. If you enjoyed this clip of Be For Real, you can watch the full video. Just head over to RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just type in B-E-F-U-H-R-E-A-L period. Shout out to him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, big shout out. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> real man. For real? <laughs> I'm like, y'all arguing over 50 50. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> 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 what did they do there? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, so once yeah. you once you um were able to move, mm -hmm. did that kind of change like how you were feeling and how you were thinking? Um, it did. It was a weird thing though, because it was like I was living in this house not with him because right. he was out of the country um and i think i was just nervous like okay at some point he's gonna come back yeah. and then we're gonna be living together that's yeah. a lot you know <laughs> so yeah. i'm like okay you know that's shacking you know what i'm saying 
yeah. so, so I started kind of having those conversations and um he was coming back for a break. They okay. they had like a mid-year break and um it was kind of crazy. So I had planned to have like all this stuff when he came back. The signs at the airport, decorating the garage. I had like all these rose petals. I had like uh, 500 balloons, helium tanks, everything. Oh, yeah. You were, you weren't playing. I was not playing. I was like, you know, I'm going to really make him feel welcome. And so he was supposed to come back like that. Let's say that was a Monday. Right. That Friday, he was like, hey, um, you know, what I'm saying like you should you should you should go out like I'll pay for you to get your hair, your nose and stuff like that. So I'm like, OK, cool, whatever. Uh, friends hit mutual <laughs> friends hit me yeah, up. Yeah. We going out to dinner. Yeah. And then afterwards, we going to karaoke. So I'm like, OK. But then she threw she threw something in. I should have known something was up. She was like, we're going to go to the spa. I'm not one of them girls. So I was like, OK, so. I get to the spa, I walk in, and the woman goes, you know, hi, Judea. Now, my name is not one of those names. <laughs> so, it didn't throw me off at the time. I was just like, yo, they customer service is on point. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is A1, you know? <laughs> and so, I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, she looked at the book and stuff. Yeah. So, we got the massage. We were sitting there talking. We were talking about my relationship and stuff. Thank God I was saying all great things. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but Facts. We go to dinner. Um, the women at the table was literally like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get married. That was just the conversation because uh, another woman was celebrating her engagement. Okay. And so we was all talking about it. I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know. And so um, we get to karaoke and I'm there and I notice my best friend, like from uh, like my childhood best friend. We've been friends since we were 13, comes in. I'm like, girl, like you. Like, I almost never see you. Like, what you doing here? So yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, I guess you want to come to karaoke tonight. What's up? Um, my mom was already there with me. She asked to come out, but she had been in karaoke before, so that wasn't that weird. Okay. Then uh, my boyfriend's cousins came, and they live in Charlotte. So you're like, all right. So I'm, I'm piecing things together, and more family and friends are just coming in, coming in. It was so many people. They had surrounded me, like, in this circle. And at this point, I'm like, like in a video, you can literally, literally hear me saying, no, 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 no. Because I wasn't ready yet. Because remember, I had planned this yeah. thing. <laughs> and I got helium tanks and balloons and stuff yeah. at the house. And so I'm trying to prepare my mind like that he's here. Now, keep in mind, he was in Kuwait. Yeah. 7,000 miles away. Yeah. He had finessed it. He was in America. And he was like getting off the phone, like, yeah, I gotta do my clock tours. I'm like, cool. Oh, he was on a plane. He had you. He had you. He was on a plane <laughs> flying here. He was already here. He was with his his family. That's they were celebrating crazy. his death. So it was crazy. And he kind of comes through the crowd. He's singing karaoke. And it was just such a the whole entire bar, when they realized it was him because they had missed him. People were standing up on tables, screaming and everything. It was just so surreal. Like, yo, that's this, like a movie. It, no, it literally was. I'm gonna send you the video. <laughs> yes. And so it was just, it was just dope. He came through the crowd, grabbed me like a freaking angel, and I'm just like, what's happening right now? And um, you know, he said a little thing. He had one of our friends sing a song, and then he proposed. So yeah, it was just crazy. <laughs> you said yes, of course. Yeah, well, at first, I, I'm not going to lie. At first, I said, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> and people was like, what did she say? What did she say? And I'm like, yes, you know. So, yeah, it was dope. It was dope. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. then from there, 
did he come home or did he have to go back out? So he stayed. He was here for a month. Okay. Um, I was in transition from. I was working at uh, social services, but I was going yeah. over to work for the housing authority. Okay. So there, I had actually, it was like a month gap. So it kind of worked out perfectly. And during that month, we just went on dates every single day. We just went on dates. Um, he did go back. That was, that was harder than the day he left when he left that time. Yeah. That was like a really hard day for me. And um, so he went back and then he was back home again at the end of that year. Okay. And that's when he moved in. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I want to go back to the dating part mm-hmm. because um, I think that's important. I don't think we talk about that enough. Yeah. I think our generation probably don't even do it enough for real. For no. Real. Like we, mm. we just either. That's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> sad. So the fact that you guys took a month to date mm-hmm. is like honorable. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? It was dope. It was just like he was already such an amazing person mm-hmm. prior to him leaving. You know, we at the time we didn't have a lot of money. So mm-hmm. we would just sit in the car. He would get off work. He worked at the jail. And we would just sit in the car and talk just like to two or three o'clock in the morning. So we already kind of had this like, you know, but we didn't have enough money to really go out on dates. So we went on one date prior to him leaving um, to the yard house. It was nice. It was Valentine's Day. But when he came back this time, oh, he. <laughs> He had, he had that contract money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was like Sullivan's and this and yeah. that. I mean, we was spending money and yeah. it was just it was just so dope. It just felt it just felt so, yes. so good, you know, to like see him in that light, too. Like, yes, absolutely. He had a different energy about himself because mm-hmm. now he's like, I can give you whatever you want. You know, so that was cool. I yes. think it was needed too, and it and it also created this thing in our relationship where now we're always trying to top each other. Like, yeah, what can I do for him? Cool. You know, that more that's more than what he did for me. Yes, yeah. just to keep that going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So now, how long have you guys been married? Oof, uh, we've been married five years. Now. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, five or six. Trying y'all to have keep a child up. together? We do. Let's we have a two-year-old. Go. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah. did you guys talk like and have a conversation about having a baby together? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a boy and a girl. Yeah. Um, when he met my son, my son was nine months. Hmm. Um, uh, obviously, he's never met his biological father to yeah. this day. Actually. My son is eight. He's never met his biological father. All he knows is my husband. My husband mm. taught him how to walk. He taught him everything. Yeah. Um, his family has taken him in. So, um, you know, when my son's old enough to understand, we'll have that conversation. Um, but yeah, so I, per- you know, I think it's just that old school in me. I felt like we needed to have something, you know, like for for our legacy. So that's why I felt like we needed to have a kid. But we both, I'm not going to lie, we're pretty content. Like he had a son. I had a daughter and a son. Yeah. You know, we could have stopped. Yeah, facts, facts. You know, and three, some days, three, 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 yeah, we were looking at company. that two-year-old like, ooh, child, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> yeah. But she's a blessing. She's a beautiful combination of the both of us. And I wanted our love to be in a physical form. And so she's exactly that. And so, you know, she definitely reminds us of that all the time. Yes. Yeah. So I want to go into like um, your, like the work you were talking about. So you said mm-hmm. at first you were working. Social services. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How was that? Um, it was interesting. I started out on welfare 
as a welfare participant. Okay. So we if we go back after my mm-hmm. first husband left, I was pregnant. I had lost everything mm-hmm. and I needed to take care of my kids. Yeah. So I got on welfare and the biggest portion of that was to get uh, child care. But when I first did it, my first counselor was just very nasty with me. And she was just like, this is not something you want to live on. And I'm like, well, I'm not one of them girls. You know, I had my own place. I had working two jobs, my own car. Like, I don't want to be here. And so I just couldn't take that that mental beat down. So I actually got off the program. The second time I signed up, I joined this this, this class called STEPS where they kind of teach you about, like, getting a job and, like, things mm-hmm. like that. Things mm-hmm. I already knew, but I went along with it. I was pregnant, so yeah, yeah. I went along with it. And um, they had this networking event for welfare participants only for, like, a job fair. Mm-hmm. And the other girls in my class was like, we ain't going this whack. And I'm like, I'm going to put on my best, you yeah. know. And Wake County was actually there hiring for a job at social services, right? And so I remember saying, I got to get this job. So I was I was that there at the table. I remember talking to the lady. I went and act like I was entertaining other jobs. I was the last person to leave. I went back to her, so I would be the last face she seen that day. And you know, thank you so much for the information. I ended up getting a job. I went from being on welfare, like being on the other side of that desk, to the other side of the desk. And so I remember when I first got my cubicle. All my all the girls from the steps class could see me from the outside. And they used to bang on the window like, "Yeah, you made it!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. Like I started helping people who were my peers. I was in a department where we helped pay bills. Yeah. So um, it was it was just so surreal. Like I was helping people pay their bills. People that were bullying that was bullies to me in high school. I was paying their b- bills. So that was kind of weird. Because it was like, you know, it just felt weird to me. But it was just like it, God was showing me that full circle thing. Um, and so that was interesting. I actually really loved it. I love helping people. So yeah. that was really cool. So then yeah. what did you say? You start working in the housing. I left there and went to the housing authority, which was absolutely terrible. <laughs> what was so terrible about it? Well, this was the time when this is like 2016. This is the time when the gentrification started happening in Raleigh. So there was a guy that came up from Texas and um, out of nowhere, he just flew up. He went and looked at two different uh, income based housing properties, one in Garner, one in Raleigh, both housing about 450 families. Right. And was like, yep, I'm about him. And they got 30 days. They got to go. He bought the properties. I was working at the housing authority. They put me in. I was working the front desk. They put me in his front desk. There's nobody else up there but me. They gave me a two by four to protect myself and a button to push that would take 60 seconds to alert any type of authorities. We didn't have on site authorities like we did at at, uh, at Wake County Human Services where we had like a sheriff there. There was no police officer, no security guard, nothing. So these people were coming in every day angry. Right. And they're just like, y'all got to find somewhere for us to live. And I was getting cussed out. We had to be escorted to our cars. We couldn't leave for lunch. Um, I just wasn't built for it. Yeah, I wasn't built for it. And the things that I was being told that I had to do, it was against what I believe. I like helping people. And so it's just like, you know, wait list is long. Don't tell them that. It's almost like don't help. Don't help Mm. them because you're making a problem worse. But I wanted to help people. So I left. I went back to the devil I knew <laughs> at Wake County Human Services. Yeah. yeah. So 
Has helping people always been a thing you wanted to do? Um, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I'm the oldest of five. Okay. So I, I kind of had to be the little mama as what my brother used to call me when he was a kid <laughs> said. Um, I've always just helped people and, and been a nurturer. So mm. it was definitely natural. My mom worked in a homeless shelter for 20 something years. I grew up in that environment, going to work with her some days and seeing her helping people. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to grow up and I'm going to help people. Yeah. You know? So that was the thing. Just that public service. Wow. Did you, since then, have you found other ways to kind of fulfill that purpose in other areas? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't work for social services anymore. I work in IT now. Mm-hmm. Um, I did end up in IT because I worked for social services, which was kind of weird because of COVID. But what I do now is different. Um, so I started a nonprofit organization. Let's go. And it's called Collab Triangle. And we focus on, like, creating free classes and stuff for um, people who are looking to be entrepreneurs or who are entrepreneurs who might just need a little bit of help, Um, some mentoring, helping them find different um, internships and things like that, and young adults who are looking to get into trades. And so that's what I do now in my free time. I do networking events. We do those free classes online and things like that. What? Um, how did you get into that? Uh, I, it was it's really um, from having my commercial space. Mm-hmm. So we have a space called Collab Raleigh, which mm-hmm. we now do events, Collab Raleigh events. But Collab Raleigh was created because I started a printing company in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And my room at home was just getting too small. I had too many printers. So I needed a space, but not one as big as what I found. So I decided to rent out the other rooms, the other offices in the office that I had. And so um, that made us, I really didn't have any rent, you know, Mm -hmm. I really wasn't paying any rent for the office. And I kind of created this barbershop feel of entrepreneurs. So it was really dope. And um, just having all these different black entrepreneurs in one space was just so dope. And so we would have little events because at the time we had a store and we were selling black owned products. And I was networking and meeting people and then having a print company and just seeing, you know, seeing needs that needed to be met within our community for entrepreneurs. And so that's kind of what led to the nonprofit. But the biggest reason was the festival that that we do. I'm not going to say I do because I have a team that we do um, called Raleigh World Fest. Okay. The first year we had partnered with this nonprofit organization to have a, a bar because you can't sell alcohol Unless you have a bar permit, of course, or you mm-hmm, are a mm-hmm. nonprofit. So, partner with a nonprofit. The day before my festival, the guy basically looked at me and was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not filing the permit." So, I went into the festival knowing I was going to be losing tens of thousands of dollars. So, I'm the type of person. This ain't gonna happen to me again. So, what I gotta do? Start a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, facts. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So you started the nonprofit mm-hmm. as a way to not be put in a compromiser position again. Yeah. Yeah. That's wise. Mm-hmm. You know what? Y'all ain't going to get me. You ain't gonna, <laughs> this the last time. This the last time. <laughs> the first and the last. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So what have you been up to lately? Mm, Lord, I've done a lot. Um, where did we start? But the biggest thing, we just did our second Raleigh World Fest okay. festival. Um, first year we had about 300 people this year we had 2,000 or over 2,000 people um, at Dorothy Dix Park so I am the first female minority owned homegrown music festival in the city of Raleigh so 
founder. So um, that's a very interesting thing. Um, but that takes up most of my time. So we just did that. We had um, local artists there. We had vendors. We had luxury picnic setups. We had um, mental health um, sessions there. We had a community panel talking about fi- um, finances and um, entrepreneurship, mental health, um, just all types of things. It was just such a, a really dope day for the city of Raleigh and just the, the culture. We were on the news so um, we made two news stations this year. People was coming out that had just seen it on the news that morning. So that was really cool. So, um, yeah. And I, I brought y'all some keychains, too. Don't let me forget. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's super yeah. dope. I'm proud of you for doing that. Thank you. Because it's like it. you're taking on a position that's not easy. Yeah. But it's definitely impactful. Yeah. And yes. it's like it's another. It's like. At every turn of your life, you've made sure you've positioned yourself to be able to serve. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Like, and I, wow. when I hear your story, that's mm. what I hear. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, like, I'm proud of you for that. I think Thank that's you. super dope. I appreciate so, that. my the next question I want to ask you is, like, how do you do all that while being married with four kids? <laughs> I just don't understand. Everybody asks me this question. <laughs> That's insane. I, I literally tell people like, I honestly don't know. I just, I just take everything a day at a time. Like, what is our problem today? What do we have to do today? What can I fix today? And so, I have talking about my team. It's not a huge team, but I have a team. Yeah. Um, I have an assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Lindsay. Um, so my assistant kind of keeps my brain. So all my appointments and stuff like that, if if she don't know about it, I don't care how much I want to do it. (laughs) And I told you I was going to be there. Yeah. I'm I'm just going to forget. I'm waking up kids, you know, life be life. And so Lindsay is my assistant. She helps me kind of keep things organized, keep my deadlines and stuff together. My husband has kind of become an unofficial assistant. You know how that is. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. So he definitely helps me out with events and stuff like that. Um, he's also my DJ when we do events. So he's my DJ. My assistant is also a bartender. So she also. Come on! <laughs> I, and she's also a notary. Yo, so, your, te- your team. <laughs> you got an 18. Let me tell you. I, I be telling them like, no, nah, y'all got to be multifaceted. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So she be like, oh, I've been thinking about mine. No, we're not thinking about it. Do it. We, we doing That's it. Good. You, you can't afford a class. How much is it? Because I can. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, 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 you know what I'm saying? I need you to be so like. If, and my thing is, if you're around me, you can't be stagnant because, you know, mm. I got to cut you off. I got to cut you off. And I hate that. I, I hate that I got to cut you off because I love you. <laughs> but so we, we're constantly evolving. And so when you're around people like that and what people around me and I'm a person like that, they don't have a choice but to go up. And I'm not trying to be braggadocious, but I'm just being, you know, being honest and transparent. So. Um, I also have a publicist. Um, she helps with the, the media and things like that and organizing that stuff. And we just or we're in the process of bringing on a creative director as well. Um, and then I have a lot of volunteers that work with me through the nonprofit organization. So that's how we getting everything done. Let's go. <laughs> At the end of the day. I would need to be comfortable with myself more. And because I felt like in order for me to be my true self or in order for me to have a big impact on the world, I would need to be with a group of people that I know. 
when that's not the case. I was kind of scared at first because I felt like I was going to miss them. My parents have told me many times that I have gifts and I need to use it and like people wish they could do what I do and I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. Since I was really young, I really like to speak and make people feel better in life. And it's just something I enjoy. Hi, this is Nay, and that was Nay's Place. If you want to catch more, search Nay's Place on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. Let's clap it up. If y'all yes. watching this and listening to this, clap it up one time. Yeah. Yo, I'm blown away. Yeah. Because that's a lot since the last time I seen you. It's a lot. That's it's a, a, it's a lot. <laughs> like, that's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Like, in the best way. Yeah, yeah. God is good. Yes. Yeah. Like, in the best way to, um, like, you represent an idea people don't think it's possible mm, wow yeah yeah because where we come from you can't have both mm, yeah. you're either gonna be the mama and the wife mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you're gonna do the career thing mm -hmm. you ain't gonna do both yeah so number one shout out to your husband let's just yes. talk about him because yes. like support yes he's not making it hard for you mm -mm. that's one thing god is so good Oh like goodness. to go from the counterfeit to the real thing and then to see what it's like. It's like crazy. it's so beautiful. And then to have people who love you enough to rock with you heavy. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy. It is crazy. That's crazy. It is. Because I be saying some crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they be like, well, okay, we're going to do it. Yeah. 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 It's so dope. So even the festival, like when you first brought the festival to them, what they say? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the festival was a dream. Mm. It was a dream. Um, I had that dream in like the end of January, twenty twenty two. Um, I had just got this whiteboard from the thrift store, and it was like bigger than me. I mm. I couldn't even prop like put it on the wall. I just leaned it up against the wall. I came into the office that day. Me and um, her both work at the time remote jobs. So I worked my remote job from my office. And uh, she worked hers from um, my office. So, you know, in our downtime, we was able to multitask. And so I told her, I was like, I have this dream of this festival. And then I was like thinking about like my inspiration would have been like the Russ Power Back to School Tour, which is mm. something that used to happen back in the day I used to go to. And um, through that, and my who my cousin was dating at the time, um, I was able to meet a lot of celebrities, go backstage and stuff like that. And, and it gave me a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And so that was my inspiration. I just started writing, writing, writing on the, the whiteboard, just kind of piecing it together, who I wanted to perform, where I wanted it to be, or what that would look like. Um, the different aspects of it, having that community aspect, having the entrepreneurs, having the food trucks, and then like just piecing it together. And then we just started doing stuff. We started making calls. We just started doing things. When we locked in Dorothea Dix Park, we actually didn't know that was a big deal. <laughs> mm, like, okay. it took us three months. Okay. It took us three months. It was a lot of red tape. Um, and I'm just one of those people, like, I have ADHD. Mm -hmm. So I'm either all in or all out. Mm -hmm. So I was all in. So I was like, whatever it is that they're saying we need to do, we just got to figure it out. And we did it. And um, I was 
talking to a couple of people, calling a couple of people like, hey, you know, I need to hire. And they like, oh, yeah, they didn't. They wouldn't take me seriously. They're like, you trying to do a festival? Who are you? When I posted that I had got Dorothy Dix part for the festival, I posted with ignorance, not thinking it was a big deal. And my phone started blowing up of people that wanted to work with me. Interesting. It was crazy. People from Dreamville, like all just crazy. It was it was ridiculous. So I was like, okay, I might be working with someone. Yeah, facts on facts. <laughs> and we did it. It was a rocky road that first year for sure because a lot of those people were opportunists. Um, and I lost a lot of money and lost a lot of time. And so we had to just do it. But um, then that's kind of how it came it came about. And I remember having a conversation with people and they was like, you are crazy. Like, I just want you to know, like, you're you're crazy. What you're trying to do is ridiculous. That's what they always say until it works. You know what I'm saying? That's what they always say. So what gave you the tenacity to say, all right, we're going to do it next year? Oh, Lord. (laughs) What what possessed you to try I don't think it was tenacity. I think it was that serving thing again. Yeah. I didn't want to do it again. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want to do it again. I was so depressed afterwards because of... I got to see a different side of this business and seeing how nasty people can be. Boy. Yeah. So I actually didn't want to, but one of the artists um, got a audition for The Voice and American Idol because of the festival. We had a photographer that now there's not a celebrity that can come into the city that she's not booked to take pictures of artists being booked, people being. So that impact portion. So people was like, you got to do it again. You got to do it again. It was that. Because now you've created a, a platform to give people yes. opportunity. It's sir. And that's what I wanted. So it was dope that it happened. I was shocked. Listen, you got <laughs> like, I, I'm about to jump out the chair and just run out the door. <laughs> because like I shared that passion. Wow. It's like to do something for myself is cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to create something that positions other people to win that's life man like that's that's god purpose right there yes yeah that's god like for someone to say like i am who i am today Mm -hmm. because i went to the festival yeah i sung on that stage or i took what yeah they're gonna forever shout you out yeah yeah Shout yeah. out Dia. She put me on. <laughs> she put me on. Her festival changed my life. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yes. It's so dope. I I, I, I love it. I, it's That's one of the best pieces about it. No matter how bad I feel about whatever would happen behind the scenes, going on Facebook and seeing, because I created my own little Facebook frame, seeing like hundreds of people changing their Facebook frame and to like my branding, seeing people using photos that they took of themselves or somebody took of them at the festival. They use it throughout the year. Um, the the sponsors we keep on our website throughout the year. My, my, one of my sponsors from the first year got 739 clicks to her website from the first year. Just keep like that's leads. Yes. So if you're a business owner, you already know. Yes. So like, and she's she's they they are crazy booked and busy. I actually just told her the other day, like like God laid it on my heart, like girl, you go ahead and find your commercial space because it's mm-hmm. it's it's time. You you were outgrowing the house. It's time. So she was like, oh my god, we was just thinking about that, and um a car a truck too, but um 
they're super, super popping. So it's just dope to see that impact portion. That's what gives me that fuel to keep going. But it's just it's it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's but the crazy thing about it is, oftentimes, the hardest thing is the most rewarding thing. Yeah, it's like pregnancy. <laughs> the risk is crazy but the reward is amazing yeah oh man yeah that's yeah i think you just kind of humbled me a little bit Mm. even in my own head like things i've been battling for sure it's it's worth it yeah it'll always be worth it yeah yeah it'll always be worth it for sure so yeah that's it y'all because i need a minute (laughs) i need to go reflect (laughs) thank y'all for watching (laughs) This has been another episode of the RXS Podcast with Dia. We love y'all. Peace. Peace.